You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What's up, Raider Nation? Here we are on another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It's Wednesday, crossover Wednesday. You know what that means, right? I'm talking Steeler. They are the next opponent up on the Raiders schedule. 425 kickoff on the East Coast, 325 Central, and 125 on the West Coast. Raiders, Steelers, Oakland Coliseum. I'll be talking to Tony Serino, host of Locked On Steelers. And uh, they've had a very interesting season, a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm anticipating a pretty good conversation with them, much better than my conversation I had last week with Locked On Chiefs. No disrespect towards them, just I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So that's going to be coming up soon. That's going to be coming up in segment number two. And I anticipate segment number three. Before I get into that, though, here in segment number one, I want to give you a little bit of news and notes coming out of Alameda surrounding the Raiders before I get into that crossover edition of the podcast. All right, so check this out. Defensive end, Fadal Brown, he was released on Tuesday. Uh, He was a guy who was called for two offside penalties on Sunday. Only one was accepted, but he was definitely called for two. He's been called for multiple penalties throughout the season. He's a pretty tough dude. Very athletic. Uh, You know, he just never really quite figured it out. And I know John Gruden was very adamant when he said that, hey, man, you got to watch the ball. You can't be offsides. And one of those offsides penalties that he was called for actually gave the Chiefs a first down. The five-yard penalty was like third and five, and it gave him a first down. John Gruden was not happy about that. That was a Chucky moment because he's holding players accountable, and that's what I'm talking about. And I know someone right now is thinking, Q, that's pretty petty. It's only an offsides penalty. It's only five-yard. I get it. But if you're going to play winning football, and this is what John Gruden did the first time he was the head coach, he held these guys responsible for getting stupid penalties. Now, look, they're the Raiders. They're always going to get called for more penalties than any other team in the league. They're always going to be, you know, a a finer line for them to to walk or else they're going to get called for a penalty. But stupid penalties like offside. John Gruden said it best. All you got to do is watch the ball. There's certain guys that should never be offside. Nobody on the defensive line should ever be offsides. I mean, now, if you're trying to be aggressive, you're trying to make a play and you just happen to jump, that's fine. But if you line up offsides, that's just dumb. And that's what I'm talking about. That's that dumb stuff. When you line up offsides, the wide receiver should never line up offsides. You know what I'm saying? It's just never, never. Wide receivers should never even false start. They should never have a false start, ever. All you got to do is watch the ball. And defensive ends, same thing. Defensive linemen, watch the ball. I like the fact that this guy has been basically made an example of like, hey, man, you can't watch the ball. You can't be on this team. I like it. That's what I'm talking about. And I talked about it many, 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 many moons ago about John Gruden holding these guys accountable. That's what you have to kind of do. That's not what you have to kind of do. That's what you absolutely have to do. So now that he's gone, he was released. The Raiders went and signed defensive end DeMontre Moore. He had a short stint in the NFL. Well, he's had a short stint in the NFL uh, and had a short stint with the Raiders. I believe that was in preseason. 
He never made it to the regular season with the with the Raiders, but uh, he he was on the roster for a quick minute. Anyway, he's not anyone to get pumped up about. All right, let's just be honest about the situation. Nobody that you sign in week 13 of the regular season is someone to get pumped up about. He was a hell of a player at Texas A&M, but he just really hasn't done anything major since he's been in the league except for like a small time period with the Giants. He's hung around the league since 2013. His most productive season, 2014. He played in all 16 games, had 32 tackles and five and a half sacks for the Giants. Let's put that into perspective right now. He's had 82 career tackles and 10 career sacks and two forced fumbles. 82 career tackles, 10 career sacks, and two forced fumbles. In 2014, he had 32 of those 82 tackles and five and a half of those 10 career sacks. That's what I'm saying. Nothing to get worked up about. Nothing to get too excited about. So he is uh, now on the roster. Who knows? He's just kind of there. All right. Uh, Something else that happened late Tuesday night. uh, The Raiders signed running back C.J. Anderson. He's got some local ties. Remember, he used to be with the Broncos. Uh, His mom is a big Raider fan, and she would always cheer for him until he played her Raiders. And then once he started playing her Raiders, she was like, hey, you can't have a good game. So that's a very interesting signing. Because Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington have been doing pretty well. DeAndre Washington hasn't really done too much. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, is one of these running backs injured? Is, is one of these guys not, you know, not, not going to be on the team? Are they about to release them? So that was kind of an interesting signing. I do like C.J. Anderson. I liked him when he was with the Broncos. Thought he was a heck of a running back. Thought the Panthers did a good job by signing him as a free agent, but then they released him earlier this season, and and nobody's picked him up. So that was kind of interesting. So I'm kind of interested to see how C.J. Anderson is worked into the fold, how he fits in there with either Doug Martin or Jalen Richard or DeAndre Washington, or is one of those guys banged up? I'm not too sure. Not too sure, but it should be uh, very, very interesting. Uh, Ian Silverman, he was waived on Monday. And because the Raiders claimed former Colts offensive tackle Denzel Good off a waiver, so Silverman was released just to make room. Neither one of these guys are worth the salt. You hope that neither one of these offensive linemen get on the field. Well, Silverman won't get on the field because he's not on the team anymore. But Denzel Good, you don't want him to get on the field. He was a turnstile. He was getting Andrew Luck lit up. So you don't want to see him out there. Just like I told you before about Chaz Green, you don't want to see Chaz Green out there either. So uh, that's just a side note that doesn't really matter. And oh, while I'm talking side notes, John Groot mentioned on Monday that he wasn't sure if Donald Penn or Marshawn Lynch would return in 2018. Both of these guys are currently on IR. They can only bring one back because Justin Jelly Ellis, he was on IR, and they brought him back already. So you can only designate two guys to come back. So either Marshawn Lynch or Donald Penn could come back. But he did say that he didn't know if either one of them was going to make it back in uh, 2018. Lynch is a free agent in 2019. He's made it known he ain't going to be playing with the team in Vegas. I'm not sure if he's going to return in 2019, a year before Vegas. I know John Gruden has has kind of said he'd like to have him back. He's also said he'd like to have Doug Martin back. But right now, Marshawn is recovering from groin surgery, and uh, he's rehabbing on his own, according to John Gruden. Uh, hasn't seen him a whole lot. So there's that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Marshawn Lynch... Wants to, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm not breaking any news. I'm not trying to start no rumors or nothing. I just don't know if Marshawn Lynch wants to do this anymore. I just really don't. When he went down with the groin injury, it was kind of strange uh, when it happened. I know John Gruden came out immediately and said that they were concerned about it. And then he apparently went and had surgery and he's been rehabbing on his own. So I don't know if Marshawn Lynch, I don't know. We might not have ever seen him. We might not ever see him in a Raider jersey again for all I know. I mean, I just, I just don't know. And Donald Penn. Hmm, who knows? I could see him coming back in 2019 because he is under contract. Uh, it'd probably be a good idea to bring him back if he's still wanting to play on that right tackle spot because he's not going to take over the left tackle spot. Uh, Colton Miller, that's going to be his spot moving forward unless he's just like injured and banged up and can't go. But uh, in 2019, Donald Penn will be 36. 
His base salary is about $4 million, and his dead cap money, if they do cut him, is less than $3 million. So that's just kind of something to think about. Not saying it's going to happen. Definitely not saying any of that's going to happen. But Marshawn Lynch, Donald Penn, we may not see them again in 2018. We may not see them again, period. It's just something that's a possibility. Just throwing that out there. And then one other piece of news happened on Tuesday. Yeah, it sounds like a busy Tuesday, huh? Well, this piece of news didn't really have anything to do with the Raiders, but it drove me crazy anyway. It was the fact that the that Andre Holmes and Kelvin Benjamin were released from the Bills. And you're probably asking right now, why is it so important to me to bring it up on the Raider podcast about something that happened with the Bills? Well, for some reason, Raider Nation, and maybe you could tell me why, Raider Nation loves Andre Holmes. Immediately, folks started hitting up Twitter saying that the Raiders need to bring Dre back. Tweet at me. It'd be smart. Look at the current state of the Raiders wide receivers. Plus, he's a good special team guy. No, 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 no. Andre Holmes is not that good. I don't understand why everyone thinks he's so stinking good. Oh, the Raiders need Andre Holmes. If I have to hear Andre Holmes' name one more stinking time, it's going to drive me crazy. Yes, at one time when the Raiders had zero talent, yes, he was he was serviceable. He tried really hard. He was, you know I mean? Great. He gave it the old college try. You know, him and Rod Streeter were out there doing their things. I applaud them for what they did, for their effort. They weren't pouting. They weren't. I get that. But the team had zero talent, and they tried. Andre Holmes, he makes the tough catches and doesn't make the easy catches. He just doesn't. He's just a so-so wide receiver. He's not very good. He's okay. He's a heck of a special teams guy, but that's not why I'm taking up a roster spot right now as a special teams guy. I'm just not. Right now, I'd rather see what a young cat like Marcel Aitman could do, who's a seventh-round draft pick who got his first NFL touchdown last week against the Chiefs. I'd rather see him get, get him out there and get some burn, let him see what he can do, instead of seeing what Andre Holmes, a guy I already know what he can do, can do. You know what I'm saying? Like... What are we doing here? So I'm not saying that you're telling me that Andre Holmes needs to come back to the Raiders, but a lot of folks are, and it drives me crazy because it's just not necessary. It's just not necessary. I'd rather just bring in a bunch of young cats and let them fight it out and see who sticks and who doesn't. I'm okay with that. I don't need to see Andre Holmes. Now, I didn't mean to go on some big rant about it, but it just drove me crazy. I got so many tweets about stinking Andre Holmes. And I know some point his uncle's going to text me because it always happens, not text me, but he'll tweet at me. Because I got into it on Twitter before with him. And he was, oh, he's out there. Dre's out there working so hard. And he's this guy. And I'm like, okay, but he's not that good. And he really got all over me and got all mad and told me about his whole life story. And that's great. Hey, man, look. Look, fight on. You've been in the league for a while and you're hanging around the league. So you're making some good money. Hey, that's great. I just don't want you on my team. No disrespect. Just what I'm saying. I don't want you on my favorite team. That's just me. So, I know. Someone's probably thinking I'm a hater, but I'm not. Anyway, that was my rant. That was the news and notes coming out of Oakland surrounding the Raiders. Coming up next, I'm going to start talking to someone else. Tony Serino, Locked On Steelers. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Crossover edition. Raiders-Steelers, Week 13, Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, we'll get the lowdown on that next, right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have always been asking me for advice. Usually it's a team to bet on for the week, and I really don't know. That's just the truth. I don't know who's going to win. If you think you know, though, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very, very easy to use. You lay down some cash and you'll win big today. 
I'm telling you, I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for your fantasy guys out there, and I know there's a ton of you, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game. So join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Again, that's LOCKEDON25, all one word, all capitals. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk a little Steelers and Raiders is Tony Serino, host from Locked On Steelers at Steelers Country on Twitter. And Tony, I uh, appreciate you being on the on the Locked On Raiders podcast, the crossover edition. Always excited about these. Uh, I know a lot of fans enjoy these uh, these editions. First thing first, I know it's been a really weird season. Maybe not weird. Maybe that's not the right word, but the Steelers have been in the news a lot. I mean, if you look at Lev Bell, James Conner, Big Ben calling out wide receivers on the team. I mean, just that's just the name of few. How would you describe 2018 as far as the Steelers go? Yeah, no, weird is the right word. Weird is 100%. <laughs> it's the word I've been using all week, really for the past two weeks, to describe the two football games they've played against the Broncos and most recently against the Chargers. But, but you said it, right? The, the year starts with Le'Veon Bell holding out, and then James Conner has this kind of breakout year. Now he's injured. Um, the Steelers are in this funk right now. It started in Jacksonville three weeks ago. They, didn't get, they, they played well enough to win in Denver, minus four really unfortunate turnovers in some strange spots. Uh, and then they lose this game against the Chargers in another very strange football game. Obviously, it was poorly officiated. There were some weird calls in that game, but right. the Steelers just didn't do enough to win down the stretch, it has been a very weird year, and it's, it's felt like this team has been, at times, you know, the, the floor is going to fall from, from beneath them, and this is going to be you know, a really terrible season for the Steelers, and there were other times this year where it really felt like this team was about to enter into that title picture, and where they sit today is, is probably somewhere in the middle. You mentioned James Conner, how he's done a good job filling in for Lev Bell, filling in as the full-time starter now, and, and I know he's banged up, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but as far as Le'Veon Bell goes, what is the, the fan base feelings are, are around Lev Bell and the fact that he was just a no-show for 2018 and on a team that's really, really good, and, and you would expect with Le'Veon Bell, you, this team can make a deep run. Yeah, and I think, I think there, was, there was optimism that without Le'Veon Bell, they could also make a run, right? When you saw James Conner putting up the kind of numbers he was in the middle of the season and the Steelers went on that, that winning streak in the middle of the year, I think there was a lot of optimism that, you know, it was, it was a Le'Veon who type situation mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, that, that's kind of fallen off now. Certainly, you know, the, the thing no one wants to say in Pittsburgh is, boy, wouldn't it be great if they had Le'Veon at this point with Connor being down with that injury. But, yeah, I think Steelers fans are ready to move on from Le'Veon Bell. That situation had played out over two years. This goes all the way back to last year when he held out all of training camp and preseason, and then you go into this year, and yeah, there, was, uh, there was some deception in the way that Le'Veon and his agent went about that holdout. It sounded like he was going to show up, and then he did not, and so that caused a lot of drama. Of course, the, the, uh, the Steelers and the offensive line were not happy about the way Le'Veon went about. But I think a lot of Steelers fans are just happy to move on from Le'Veon Bell. Regardless of how this season turns out, I think the fan base is just kind of happy that the Le'Veon Bell situation is over. You know, and it's funny because now Le'Veon Bell is going to be a free agent. And look, the Raiders are going to have a lot of money in 2019. And we already know the kind of season the Raiders have had. And they're basically trying to build this team over from scratch. A lot of fans, a lot of fans have hit me up and said, Q, we got to go after Le'Veon Bell. Got to get Le'Veon Bell in 2019. What would your suggestion be to Raider Nation that wants Le'Veon Bell as their running back in 2019? 
Well, you know, I think I think that the asking price is, is first and foremost, right? Because here's a here's a player in Le'Veon Bell who wants to be paid not just as a running back and the highest paid running back, but also as a wide receiver, right? And he's great out of the backfield as a receiver, but you got to look at the price tag you're going to be paying for Le'Veon Bell, the wear and tear that he's already had. Now he did save himself from playing at all in 2018, but mm-hmm. he, you're also getting a player who's taken a year off. Right? right? He's, he's had 400 plus touches for the past two years or three years uh, in his career. Um, I, I think for for me, I was I, I, sitting here today. I'm, I'm kind of glad the Steelers didn't uh, offer him a big, a bigger contract, a one that he would have signed, because it just feels like the the percentage of cap that you're using on a running back. And you look at what James Conner's done this year. Certainly, James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell, but he's not far away. And and you look at James Conner making eight hundred thousand dollars, and Le'Veon Bell wanting to make fourteen. 15, I don't know how much he's going to make, $16 million next year. Who knows what some team is going to pay Le'Veon Bell, but that's what he wants. And so if you're looking at a player who's going to be, what is it, 27, 28 years old going into next year, uh, you know, running backs, when they fall off, it, it doesn't, it's not a, a, a slow slide. You know, it just kind of ends overnight, and you worry with Le'Veon Bell. When is, you know, when is the clock going to strike midnight on him like it does to all running backs? Uh, and, and are you going to be in the middle of paying this guy $14, 15000000 million a year when it does? Yeah, see, and that, that's been a lot of my concern because I know what kind of talent he is. I mean, the guy's a really, really good talent. Obviously, he can do anything. He can run the ball, catch the ball. I mean, he, he's, he's a monster on the field. My other issue that I have is, is it going to be Le'Veon Bell, once you get him, he's going to be the guy? He's going to go all in and give you that Le'Veon Bell, I want to get paid kind of uh, effort? Or is he going to say, hey, I'm that free agent who just got a big fat paycheck and now I'm not really worried about anything else? Yeah, that, that, that's a real question with Le'Veon, isn't it? Because he didn't play at all, at all in 2018 on a, in a year where the Steelers could have been title contenders. You said it yourself. Right. Boy, what, what would have happened in 2018 for the Steelers if he had played? He was, he was scheduled to make $14.5 million in 2018, but he chose to get paid in 2019 over competing for a title in 2018. And so I think your question is exactly right. You know, what, what is Le'Veon's motivation when he's on the football field? If, you are, if he's got his money, if he, if he gets his contract, what kind of Le'Veon Bell are you seeing on the football field? I think it's certainly a valid question. Yeah, that's that's my biggest concern as far as that moving forward. Now, now this game on Sunday and James Conner talking about him, he's done a heck of a job being that full-time, that bell cow, that guy. He's basically filled in for Le'Veon Bell and done a heck of a job, but wear and tear on his body as of late, had the concussion, got over that pretty quick. Now he's got the ankle. And it's kind of strange to me that Mike Tomlin ruled him out already, so I figure, hey, this is kind of a, a serious injury. How serious do you feel this injury is to Conner? Is it just one of those we got to make sure he's good for the stretch and we think we can get by the Raiders without him or do you think this is something that's going to linger long term I think it's probably something that's going to linger it sounded when when Tomlin talked on Tuesday about the injury that it was way more significant than the Steelers had initially thought and so yeah you're right you know the fact that he's been ruled out already means that it's I think it's unlikely he plays against the Patriots and then you know you talk about the Saints game and I think the next time we can we can probably uh safely say we're going to see James Conner is near the end of this season and into that playoff run, if the Steelers get there, remember, they, you know, they, they're just a half game up in the AFC North now over the, the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, you know, Connor's not going to play in this game. I don't think he plays against New England either, and I think he, he becomes a question of whether he plays against the Saints or the Bengals at the end of the year. So moving forward, how does that affect the offense, especially the, the next couple of weeks? Well, this is an interesting question in Pittsburgh right now because it continues to be brought up, the run-pass ratio. Uh, the Steelers have gotten away from the run the last three weeks and really haven't played – winning football in the last three weeks. And so a lot of Steeler fans want to see the Steelers get back to that kind of ground and pound football that they've been known for historically without James Conner. I think you're going to continue to see Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 40, 45, 50 times a game. 
certainly going to happen this week against the Oakland Raiders. The backup running backs the Steelers have are Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley. They activated Trey Edmonds off of, uh, off the practice squad, but you know, those guys aren't going to see 25, 30 carries in a game. They're going to go running back by committee, but they're going to throw the ball. You're going to see a lot of Antonio Brown in this game. You're going to see a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster. If Ryan Switzer gets out of the concussion protocol, which is the expectation, you're going to see a lot of him. Um, and, and then the rookie, James Washington. I think you're also going to see a lot, a lot of Vance McDonald in this game as well. He's, he's been uh, terrific for the Steelers as a tight end. So you're going to see Ben Roethlisberger and all his weapons. Uh, I think you know, don't, don't expect to see none of Jalen Samuels or, or Stephen Ridley. Those guys will be used a lot in the passing game as well. Uh, Samuels was very good out of the backfield, has been very good out of the backfield. Ridley throughout his entire career has been terrific there. Um, so you're going to see the, the Steelers throwing the football a lot, but they'll, they'll utilize uh, the running back there in the passing game as well. You mentioned earlier about the concern with the Steelers and the way that they, they won. They lost to the Chargers after being up like 16 points, and then they, weren't, they left a lot of points on the field against the Denver Broncos, and they took an L there. Uh, how concerned are you with the fact that they are doing that? They're starting to, it's starting to become a tendency that they're having over the past few weeks. It really is, and it's, it's a concern not just in the fact that they've lost their past two games, but it's a concern in the fact that if this is a team that's going to make a run in the playoffs, in the modern NFL, where teams are scoring in the 30s and 40s with regularity, and especially in those big matchups when you see two of the top teams play in the NFL, right? You saw the Chiefs and Rams play a game 55 to, to 52. You saw mm-hmm. the Patriots and Chiefs playing 43 to 40. You can't leave points on the field in those games because uh, you, know, it has, you have to be putting up in the 30s, 40s, even 50s to win these games. And so it's not just a concern in these two losses and going forward, but it's a concern as to whether or not this team can, can consistently put up big points in playoff games uh, against New England, against Kansas City, and probably a rematch against the L.A. Chargers. Tony, let me ask you this, man. How funny is it that we've been talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers for almost 12 minutes now, and we have not mentioned the defense yet? And you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, where historically we talk about defense, but it just seems like that's not the case anymore as of the past couple seasons. No, it really isn't. And, and you know, th- this has been a, a, a kind of... Uh, well, going back to last year, right, the Ryan, the Ryan Shazier injury yeah. uh, and then beyond that, it, it really did change the complexion of that Steeler defense. You saw glimpses of what we're seeing today with the Steeler defense a year ago, right, where teams were able to throw with consistency on them. But it kind of the, the, the floodgates opened against Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, last year, and then you saw Patrick Mahomes do the same thing. It's not the Steel Curtain, although they're very good at rushing the passer, and they've, they've been good over the past couple weeks, um, even in these losses at getting to the quarterback, creating pressure on the quarterback. They haven't turned that into turnovers just yet, but uh, there's certainly a lot of, uh, there's certainly a lot of holes to be exploited. And I think you're seeing some of the better teams they're facing now exploit those. The chargers did that. The Steelers like to, to match up linebackers against wide receivers and the chargers took full advantage of that with a guy like Keenan Allen. All right, Raider Nation, there it was right there. That's the first half of my crossover edition interview with Tony Serino from Locked On Steelers. You can find him on Twitter, at Steelers Country. But coming up on the other side, going to have part two of my interview. Really good stuff right here. I told you it was going to be better than last week. Real good stuff, and that's coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Raiders podcast. This is segment number three on today's episode, Wednesday, the crossover edition. Right now, Tony Serino from Locked On Steelers. He's on the phone line, and uh, we're talking a little bit of Steelers and Raiders matchup for week 13, and uh, this is part two of our interview right here. Check it out, Raider Nation. Uh, I'm really interested in this game against the Raiders. You know, the Raiders' leading receiver is Jared Cook right now. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Steelers have not been tested with a 
I, 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 I hesitate to call Jared Cook a premier tight end, but he's certainly been very good in 2018, or the only, the only real weapon in that passing game for the Raiders in 2018. I'm interested to see how the Steelers match up against Jared Cook, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on Jared Cook and, and what, what you've seen from him throughout the 2018 season. You know, you hit it on the head. You said uh, basically the Raiders' only weapon after the fact that they traded away Amari Cooper and, you know, Jordy Nelson, he's been hit or miss. He did have a good game uh, last week against the against the Chiefs in a loss, but, I mean, he's been hit or miss throughout the season and Martavis Bryant has been injured, so really it has been the Jared Cook show ever, ever since the first game of the season. You know, against the Rams, he really came out and, and had a heck of a game and he's one of the few guys that have been really a bright spot for this Raiders team and really feels like him and Derek Carr have a good rapport with each other. Each other. I mean, it started last year, but uh, this year he really looks like he's taken off. You mentioned he's leading the leading the team in catches and, and receiving yards, and behind him is a running back in Jalen Richard. So you know, what I mean, like that's that's not ideal, but he is out there and he's really getting after it. And I mean, he's one of the fan favorites right now uh, of all the Raider Nation. Excited by what he's doing. He gets fired up. He gets angry. There's times he almost looks like he's fighting his own guys on the sideline, but he just kind of has that edge to him where he's going to go out there and leave it all on the field. So if the Steelers have a have a matchup problem or or struggle to slow down the the tight end and regardless if he's not you know an elite uh, Gronkowski type uh, tight end or a Jimmy Graham tight end in, in his prime or one of those kind of guys he's really stinking good and I mean he'll go and get the yards after the catch that's what really impresses me not only does he make the catch but he gets a lot of yards after it he'll put the he'll put the hand in someone's face mask just to throw him down and, and get a few extra yards so I really like what I see from Jared Cook he's a free agent at the end of the year so I'm hoping that the Raiders bring him back in 2019 he's he's a bright spot in a season that hasn't had too many bright spots yeah and then the other guy I want to talk about is Jordy Nelson I, well uh, let me stay on Jared Cook for a second because the reason I bring him up is because not only do the Steelers, I, I feel like the Steelers have a problem covering tight ends. It hasn't been exploited just yet, but there's a lot of things on this Steeler defense that haven't been exploited yet. But right. the Steelers play the Patriots the, the week following here. They are going to face Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, Jared Cook isn't, isn't Rob Gronkowski. But I'd like to see this team be tested at the tight end position before that game, before they just go out and get roasted by Rob Gronkowski, which has been uh, what's happened to the Steelers in the past. Now, now Jordy Nelson is healthy again. Uh, how, how's, uh, how did he look last week? Uh, in his return against the Chiefs. You know, he looked really good, and it was surprising because there's only, like, I can think one a game earlier this season. I believe it was against Denver where he had a breakout game, and that was it. You know, Jordy Nelson has really been a disappointment. Not really his fault. He just hasn't had a whole lot to work with in 2018. You know, it's just been one of those seasons, and like you mentioned, he was banged up. There was speculation for a while that he was going to retire midseason, but that didn't happen. He just, uh, you know, he battled back from a little bit of a knee injury, and he did. He looked really, really good. He showed why he could be a guy that would be a quarterback favorite just because the way he runs the routes and just like he was running a couple sideline routes he left enough space on the sideline where Derek Carr could fit the ball in between him and the sideline and and not be out of bounds you know I mean he he ran a very disciplined route so I could see why quarterbacks I could see why Aaron Rodgers loved him when he was in Green Bay he makes a lot of sense you know he's very sure-handed he's going to make the catch and then he's going to worry about the yards afterwards and so he was he was solid he was solid as it gets against the Chiefs, but we haven't seen it very often. It's only happened a couple times this season. Uh, even the week before that, against the, uh, before the Chiefs, it was uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He only had one pass thrown his way, and he didn't catch it. So it was like, you know what I mean? So it's like very hit or miss. It's like one week, oh, hey, you're a favorite target. The next week, not so much, or, or, or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. And so he's been just inconsistent. And again, I don't think it's all his fault. I think it's just a system, a product of what's been going on in Oakland all season long, where these guys are trying to fill out John Gruden's system and trying to 
figure out exactly who they're supposed to be and, and what they're supposed to be doing. And that goes to, with Derek Carr as well. I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable in the system. Hasn't thrown an interception in like seven games. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but, you know, so so that that's something. I mean, he, he looks like he's getting more comfortable. And I hate to say it, but he's starting to look more like the 2016 Derek Carr instead of the 2017 and what we saw early in this season. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr so far? There's this, there's this tier of quarterback in the league where they're just good enough to win you games, but you know, you're never, you know they're never going to get you to, to a championship. Right. To me, Derek Carr's always felt like that kind of quarterback. Uh, are, are, should the Chargers be, be looking in 2019 at, at changing quarterback? Is Derek Carr the, the quarterback of the future there? Well, that's funny that you asked that because that's been a debate that we've had. We've had it on the podcast for a few, few weeks now just because you just don't know. We know that the Raiders are in a rebuild mode, and you just didn't know if, if John Gruden loved Derek Carr and wanted him to be that franchise quarterback. And I think the fan base is really split. I, I think they are. There's a group of the fans that think, well, Derek Carr is good. He puts up a lot of stats. He puts up a lot of numbers. He just passed Rich Gannon for second all-time on the on the Raiders' uh, you know all-time passing list and everything. And, and that's great because that was the last – really stinking good Raider quarterback before Derek Carr. And then there's some that say, yeah, but look at his win losses. Look what, you know, he hasn't won the big games. He, he, you know, he had one great season in 2016 and that was, I mean, he was potentially in the, in the MVP conversation and then he broke his leg at the end of the season. And well, a lot of folks, including myself said, well, he, he just has never been the same since then. But if he can round into shape, if he can continue to do what he's doing at the end of this year, the past you know, five, six, seven games, like I mentioned, if he looks like he's picking up this offense the way he is, I think that he can go far. I think that Derek Carr could take this team and take them far. But the question is, can he continue to get better and improve? He's had like five or six different offensive systems since he's been in the league, and that's that's not fair. I mean, the guy's only been in the in the yeah. league for five years, but he's, he keeps having to change offensive coordinators and offensive schemes and everything. So he's trying to learn. He's trying to learn. If he can continue to learn and continue to get better and grow, yeah, absolutely, he could be the guy. And I've always told everyone on the podcast, I tell them all the time, it's in the Raiders' best interest for Derek Carr to be your franchise quarterback moving forward. You don't want to have to start this process over. You might have to, but you don't want to. So ideally, in a, in a perfect world, Derek Carr is the guy moving forward. And in 2020, when that Vegas stadium opens up, he's there to be the franchise guy. And then the last question I have for you is about uh, the running game. In Oakland, the Steelers have had some problems defending the run the past couple weeks. Uh, the, the, the young guy Jackson on, on uh, the Chargers really ate him up in the second half. Um, Eckler, or not Eckler, uh, Philip Lindsay against the Broncos. Oh yeah, uh, just had, had a monster performance there. That that, that kid is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's happening with the Raiders in their running game? They start the year with Marshawn Lynch. He goes down. Now they've got Doug Martin. Two players that I think a lot of people didn't even realize were still in the league. Uh, how, how was the Raiders? running game looking so far? You know, it, it was disappointing when Marshawn went down because that was a guy that all the Raider fans really rallied around. I mean, how do you not rally around beast mode? I mean, just all the stories of him running so hard and angry. That's just fun. It's fun to watch. Well, he went down. We don't know uh, as fans if he's uh, going to even come back in, in this season at all. He's on IR right now. And uh, who knows? Might have seen the last of Marshawn Lynch. May never see him again in a, in a Raider jersey. But what I will say is Doug Martin, a guy that I really dogged at the beginning of the season and did not have any idea why he was on the team. I thought he was old and washed up from everything we saw in his final days in Tampa Bay, he's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, he really has. He stepped up and filled that role that Marshawn uh, left when he went on to IR, and he's been running hard. He's been running with a purpose. He's been getting some good yardage. Him and Jalen Richard have really done some good things, and then you get Jalen Richard. Uh, he's actually catching the ball out of the backfield as well, and he's the second leading receiver on the team, so that, I mean, that tells you all you really know, need to know. Kind of has that old-school Charlie Garner type feel where he could run and he can catch the ball like uh, Charlie Garner did for uh, John Gruden 
Gruden back in the day when he was the Raiders coach the first time. So uh, I, I like what they've been doing. They put up 171 yards rushing against the Chiefs last week, so I was pretty impressed by that. Early in the season, they were struggling to run. My biggest problem with the run game is really the offensive line is struggling. It's really struggling to, to, to one, protect Derek Carr, and it's struggling to also open up big holes. I mean, it really is, and, and that's a shame because the Raiders' offensive line used to be one of the better ones in the league. I mean, it was right up there with the Cowboys and, and all the other uh, real good offensive lines in the league, but Tom Cable, offensive line killer, he comes in, he gets hired by Gruden, and he changes the scheme to that damn uh, zone-blocking scheme, and for some reason, I don't know why people continue to try to do that in Oakland. It never, ever, ever works. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who you are or what genius you think you are. That zone-blocking scheme never works, and so guys that were great offensive linemen in that power-blocking scheme don't really fit that scheme. Kelechi Osemele, one of the meanest, nastiest guards in the league, had to lose 25 pounds before the season even started just so he could try to fit into that zone-blocking scheme. And that's a high-priced free agent. Like, you don't make him change who he is. He's, a, he's who he is for a reason. You know what I mean? You, 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 you play to his strengths. You don't make him play to your, you know, what you want to do, your preference. So that's been a struggle as well. But the last couple of weeks, it looks like it's gotten a little better as far as the run game goes. But the pass game is still a struggle. The pass blocking is, is, is oh, man, it's bad. Derek Carr has been sacked like 39 times all season. It's, it's a rough deal for D.C. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, as, as a Steelers fan, I'm happy to hear that because uh, the Steelers' pass rush has been uh, up to par the last right. couple of weeks, and yep. they haven't finished as much. But uh, I, I, you know, hopefully, this can be an advantageous matchup for them. And then, you know, again, I I was shocked to see Doug Martin is, is averaging four yards a carry, and so I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear you say he's he's playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's interesting that you know Doug, Doug Martin's having kind of a career resurgence in Oakland. Uh, you want to get out of here with some predictions? Yeah, sure. That, that'll work. Uh, I'm kind of scared to do these predictions, but I was scared. I was really scared last week to go up against the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, what are you thinking? All right, well, uh, this is an interesting matchup for the Steelers. That They have lost two straight. They didn't play well against Jacksonville, but they got, they got away with one, so that, that one felt like a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it, it, things are going poorly in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, this should be the get-healthy type of game. They're going up against a Raider team that only has two wins. Um, they should be able to go to Oakland and get an easy win. But you know, weird things happen when the Steelers go to Oakland, and, and I, I don't think this is going to be any different. Uh, I think this game probably closer than people expect. My hope is that the Steelers can pull away in the second half. I'm going to predict a close one. I'm going to say the Steelers win 23-20 uh, to 20 in a game that is far too close for comfort. I'll tell you right now, if the Raiders' defense holds the Steelers to 23 points, I'll, I'll do a backflip. You know what I'm saying? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be super excited because, look, they, they played the Chiefs tough, but they gave up 40 points to the Chiefs and over 400 yards of offense. So I think Big, Bun, Big Ben, A.B., Juju Smith-Schuster, I think those guys, I think they're all going to be able to go ahead and get off and have good days. I think it's going to come down to basically a shootout. You know, who has the ball at the end, especially if Derek Carr is playing at the level he's, he's been playing the last few games and Jared Cook is, is finding his way, and the run game gets going. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to get the ball out of, the, out of uh, Derek Carr's hands really quickly because, you know, you got a guy like T.J. Watt coming off, and, and he's looking good, and, and all the other guys that are getting after the quarterback as far as the Steelers go. So I think it's going to be close. Let me ask you this before I give you my prediction. Did I read that correctly, that Big Ben has never beat the Raiders on the road? Is that, is that correct? Uh, from my recollection, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the stat, but, uh, but in, in thinking back, uh, every time the Steelers play the Raiders in Oakland, it is 
bad things happen. Yes. <laughs> okay, that, that's what I thought. And the teams that beat them were were teams that are like four and twelve and two and four. You know what I mean? Like the bad teams, the teams oh, that yeah. don't have any business. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so with that being said, I'm gonna say that the the Raiders are gonna play the the Steelers really really close, just like they played the Chiefs really close. But they're gonna find a way to get that W at the end. I think they're gonna win by three, but I think it's gonna be like 37-34. I think it's gonna be a shootout. I don't think there's yeah. gonna be any defense played as far as Oakland goes. There ain't gonna be no defense played. So I think that they're gonna find a way to get it done just because they have that history with Big Ben. Yeah, no, listen, it's not going to surprise me if Oakland wins this game at all. Uh, like, you, like you said, Ben's never won in Oakland. Uh, weird things happen. My, my biggest worry in this game is the Steelers have turned the ball over with regularity in the past couple weeks, and that's kept the games that they've been in very close, closer yeah. than they should have been. Uh, you know, if, if, if Ben's turning the ball over in this one, if you got some weird fumbles here and there, the Steeler defense is not good at creating turnovers, and they've only had one turnover in the past three weeks. That was on the last play against Blake Bortles. That was kind of a meaningless play. And so, you know, turnovers can be a real difference maker when you have a game like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's my fear going into Oakland. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if Oakland wins this game. This sounds like an exciting game. I mean, it really does. On paper, you say Steelers and you see the Raiders, and you're like, oh, I look at the records, and yeah, it's going to be a W. But this sounds like it's going to be a fun, exciting game. So I'm um, looking forward to it, man. And this, this has been really a fun uh, crossover interview, man. I really had a good time with this one. Yeah, same to you, man. This is fun. And like, and like you said, I think for Steeler fans, they want to go in this game, and it should be a fun fest, right? They should, the Steelers should blow out the Raiders. But yep. like you said, this is going to be a, a close, interesting matchup for uh, for Raider fans and maybe for, for any uh, – bystanders out there who are watching the Steeler fans get ready for a game you're not you're not going to enjoy no no doubt about it Tony Serino right there hey tell everybody where they can find you man tell them where you, they can find your work yeah head on over to lockedonsteelers.com you can find the podcast you can uh, follow me on twitter at Steeler Country um yeah, and that's, that, that, that is pretty much uh, the extent of my work. That, no, that'll work. That'll work. Great stuff right there, man. It's always good to take a uh, peek behind the curtain and see what the, the next opponent on the schedule has got going on. And like I said uh, at the very beginning of this, man, I enjoy these crossover editions, and I really enjoyed this one, man. Tony, thank you so much for your time, my man. Yeah, great talking to you. All right, so there it was right there. Good stuff from Tony Serino from Locked On Steelers at Steelers Country on Twitter, as you heard him just say. Uh, really enjoyed that, man. When I tell him I enjoyed that one, I'm not lying. Had a lot more fun in this interview than I did last week uh, talking Chiefs with uh, whoever I was talking to with Chiefs with I forget his name at this point not not disrespectfully I just forgot so uh, but I did have fun with this one and, and with Tony Serino and I'm sure you probably took a lot from this Raider Nation I hope you enjoy it coming up on Thursday's edition gonna look some more at the upcoming game with the Steelers gonna talk about some additions to the team some subtractions from the team give you the news and notes as always and of course always got some calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line if you want to chime in you want to talk about the game you want to talk about anything Raider related 707-654-4693 707-654-4693 that is the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line number and you can always hit me on Twitter at your boy Q254 so until tomorrow's edition as always Raider Nation just win baby